On today's episode, Lauren is digging into the proverbial training bandwagon. We'll talk about what it is, why it's so tough, and why we fall in and out of it, plus how to get back on. In part two, we'll cover nutrition and why that bandwagon looks a little bit different. But for today's episode, sit back, relax. You're listening to The Average Climber Podcast. I'm so excited to talk about wagons. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I think about wagons, I think fun, just immediately bruised knees. When I think about (laughs) wagons and the word is starting to lose meaning and we haven't even recorded the episode (laughs) yet. So I'm, I'm thrilled to see where we end up at the end. But you know what I think about when I think about wagons? Hmm. What is that? (laughs) The Oregon Trail and not the video game. Yeah. Oh, yes. That is and exactly what I think of, too. Yeah, exactly. You think of, like, the big covered wagon and people <laughs> Very suffering yeah. and people Ooh. having to walk really far. And yeah. I think about how I'm glad I'm born now and not then because I certainly would have been one of the ones to die. <laughs> Obviously. I'm very soft. My relatives think that because I like to climb that I'm, like, super outdoorsy. And they ask me, they're like, oh, would you rather – go camping or be on the beach and I'm like I would rather camp I am a cabin person now I Mm. camping is hard and I I would rather be in a cabin but anyways (laughs) Caitlin would you die on the Oregon Trail or do you think you would survive oh I good question I I tend to dysentery gets gets us all right yeah dysentery really does get us all (laughs) I I feel like I in my mind I'm like yeah when I'm put to the test, I can do anything, but then I also crumble into fetal position often enough that it's, it's yeah. a theme that I think could play out on the Oregon Trail, and the Oregon Trail doesn't have time for you, don't you know. to, you know, have I think if my shoes fell grumpiness. off, that is when <laughs> I'd be, like, done. I'd be like, y'all go on without me. I'll let the bears get me. Yeah, I don't Stay know in. what shoes, like, were shoes actually shoes during said Oregon trail times I don't know well I wish I had that fun fact on me but in any case here is the fun fact okay so you know the like big it's called a Conestoga wagon but you know like (laughs) when I say Oregon trail wagon you're all thinking like big white covered wagon with like a horse and like honky background music guiding on the front and then like some mountains and some stuff the cloppity clop of like you know that of the horses um perfect picture got it yes maybe we should add some horse clop sound effects (laughs) in the background just really set the mood but anyways (laughs) apparently these are not the most popular wagons that were used on the trail and more often people used a lot smaller wagons than like the big ones and these were called prairie schooners and the fun thing about the prairie schooners is that these are I would say amphibious vehicles because apparently when you got to like river crossings, people would caulk them with tar so that they could like get across water. And isn't that neat that they did that? Wow. I, okay. I've heard Prairie Schooner before. For some reason, I've actually looked up wagons in the last year. (laughs) Um, 
but I didn't know about brushing tar on it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Pretty neat. So, oh gosh, I hope no historians ever listen to this podcast. We just really <laughs> chuck some facts out there and then these run two away. idiots yeah, analyzing these two, history. Whatever. I'm just on <laughs> history.com. Shout out History <laughs> Channel for this fun fact. I just I'm picture them art. talking about it in like a full length feature film yeah. with like lots of ragtime and honky tonk music in like. But also, whoever's talking about it has like the most monotone voice and they're sitting in like a really big, gross leather chair. Yeah, with like a weird Savannah, Georgia accent. Yes! Yes. And yeah. like a big library behind them. It just um, is. That's the history that's channel. That's the way it is. So. That's the way it is. Awesome. You're welcome. Well, speaking of wagons, <laughs> actually not speaking of wagons, before we get further into wagons today, <laughs> welcome. This is the Average Climber Podcast. I'm Lauren Aberdathy. I'm a certified personal trainer and climbing coach, and this is my lovely co-host, Caitlin. I'm Caitlin Holmes. I'm a certified nutrition specialist who works with climbers and other outdoor enthusiasts on their nutrition. Amazing. And once again, we are here starting our episode with things that we probably shouldn't be talking about. And the next time you go to your your fun parties or at Lauren's wedding, you can say, did you know prairie schooners are in fact uh, semi-amphibious? Yeah. Wow. This podcast isn't about making you a better rock climber. It's about making you more fun at parties. So, welcome. <laughs> welcome. You'll have a lot of useless facts and you'll you'll become the new useless fact person, right? And that's all, you know, you'll be more interesting than the person that talks about the weather and that's and that is the whole point. But anyways, the reason we're talking so much about wagons is because today we're talking about falling off and subsequently getting back on the proverbial wagon as you as you might know. So, Caitlin, when I say Getting back on the wagon. What does that, what what comes to mind? What does that mean to you? Well, in terms of just getting back on the bandwagon in general, it's returning from a hiatus and getting back into something that maybe you have had as a goal or something Mm -hmm. that you've wanted to work towards. But I do think that there's, there's some nuance always, right? But yep. uh, yeah, we can we'll get into that. But Lauren, what do you think of when you hear bandwagon? What's that yeah. mean to you? So I feel like it usually to me whether it's kind of coming back from some time either completely off of climbing or completely, you know, or taking like a major step back. Like maybe stuff happens and you're only able to climb once a week, or maybe you had some kind of injury that caused you to really decrease like Mm -hmm. your consistency with climbing or the efforts you were able to give so that's kind of what I think when I hear about getting back on the wagon and I also think about people having kind of maybe major life changes like moving to a new place like Mm. some kind of you know event happening that changes the way your life works or the amount of time that you have to put towards climbing or something like that so I think like Generally, I would think that a lot of times when athletes say they like want to get back on the wagon, you know, an athlete will come to me and say, oh, like because of X, Y, and Z, I haven't been as consistent or I haven't been able to climb as much as I wanted to, but now I'd like to get back on the wagon because, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm coming out of like this change in life period. So I think there's like a lot of different reasons that you might no longer 
you might have to take a step back from climbing in some way, but I think yeah. you know, the desire to come back if you do love climbing and, you know, things chill out a little bit or you just decide things are not going to chill out, but I need to like figure out a way around this. Um, I think that's usually what comes to mind when I think about falling off and getting back on the wagon, if you will. Yeah. So. Yeah. Things getting in the way, maybe time or life happens and, and yeah, this is, you know, getting back in on the wagon during season, there's a, yeah. that's a really good time. I know for yeah. me, I I feel like there are some differences with nutrition, but I would love to get into kind of the training bandwagon and, and talk yeah. about what that what, actually means and, and yeah, what, what we can do there. Cause hi, uh, me, I'm, this is about me. This is a podcast is- for me. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Where do you think you are in relation to your, your prairie schooner right now? <laughs> My prairie schooners is uh, it's a way it stopped way back. Like we're not making it to Oregon today. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying desperately to get myself back into a routine so that when we go to Bishop, I'm at my peak level of strength and power and fitness. And right now, that is we're we're at the very early stages of that path. So. Um. <laughs> Well, I, I love that. And also, as this is being recorded, it is September 12th, also my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Malia, if you're listening. <laughs> Everyone wish my wonderful older sister a happy birthday. She's the best. Absolutely the literal best. But yes, so I think, but you know, Bishop's like end of November. So I think now is the perfect time to start thinking about, okay, how can we kind of get back into things and figure out you know, what it's like to get back on the wagon. Personally, I'm in the exact same spot. You know, I just finished up my trip in Lander. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, um, if you haven't heard, listen to the projecting snack break, but yeah, we don't have to get into on, it here. Moving on, <laughs> moving on, moving um, on. Right now. But, right now. Um, but yeah, personally, I kind of have had like a little bit of a break just with whatever and, you know, and exiting the wagon for a little bit but now I'm kind of feeling like all right we gave ourselves like a little bit of time between that and now and now it's time to kind of get back get back into the zone so yeah it's really interesting that we're recording this episode when we're both trying to figure out what it looks like to get back on the wagon ourselves and that kind of brings me to the first thing I wanted to talk about which is and I also kind of I almost am like why do we call it this because I feel like there's like a really negative connotation to like falling off the wagon mm-hmm. right like I feel like that's kind of you know like, super I'm negative failure it's I like, suck like I, I was lazy I planned poorly like it's very yeah. like it's a very shameful connotation but we did go with it anyway and I, w- I don't want to say that it was mostly because of the Oregon Trail but um <laughs> and Schooner the fun later, photoshops we're probably gonna be able out. to do <laughs> with wagon stuff oh my gosh Caitlin we could we could Photoshop us on like a little house on the prairie cover for the Instagram. Okay, sorry for the live. <laughs> Bonnets but, included. But we we did go with the wagon terminology. But I do think there, you know, so first of all, the first step we want to do, though, if we are trying to get back on the wagon is kind of look at, you know, what happened leading up to where we are now. And don't like look at this in a shameful way. We're just trying to get information about what happened to, you know, get to this point of maybe feeling like we need to get back into a more consistent routine or whatever that may be, and taking what we can sort of learn from it. Caitlin, I'll ask you this question because we can kind of just like workshop what this looks like. So right now, what do you think 
leading up to where you're at right now where you're like, okay, I kind of need to get back into things. Like, what do you think contributed to you slowing down a little bit with consistency and that sort of thing? Well, for me, this summer was weirdly busy and just a bit chaotic because I I feel like I didn't plan well. Like I knew that I was going to Lander. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be sport climbing, but like my my first love in climbing is bouldering. Mm. So I feel like by switching completely to sport climbing and eliminating all bouldering, it like really took it zapped a lot of the fun out of mm. it for me. Okay. And it, it's not as if I'm like bouldering all that much in the summer months. We do usually split to switch to sport climbing, but it just felt like, I think because I had the mindset where I was like, okay, well, we're sport climbing now. It was like, oh, but I really want to boulder. Yeah. You almost like could, forced yeah. yourself to do something that you weren't actually excited about and that maybe like yeah. killed some motivation. It yeah. killed some of the vibe for me. But then in addition to that, I got COVID. So Well, yeah, and that kind of knocks you on your ass for a couple of weeks and then you got to yeah. like, come back from it. So Yeah, I feel like my motivation has just been very slow to come back because even when I train now, I'm still like really, really sore and mm. it's just, yeah, there's a lot of things going on that it's it's hard to get get that stoke and I think it'll come as I mean it it started to happen this weekend where I got on like a new climb that I thought would be a really cool project to get before Bishop and I was like okay like I know where my weaknesses are I know what I can train and I'm starting to get excited but man that I just I really fell off of my my training wagon for yeah <laughs> like oh four I months. think <laughs> that was such a good like quick self-analysis so yeah listener you know when you're trying to figure out like how did we get here think about like logistical things around your life like maybe something was happening with your work schedule where you kept going on Mondays I'm gonna try to train but maybe you have some meeting on Mondays that like always goes over and for some reason you never were just like let's not try to do this on Monday you know just like think about those little details <laughs> yeah. like try to give yourself just like five ten minutes where you kind of reflect like how did we get here um and Caitlin it sounds like for you you just kind of set some things up that sort of zapped your motivation and then obviously some things completely out of your control like contracting COVID and you know feeling not good and then that knock you know it's just hard so I think yeah. like having you know look at the things that are like these are some things that I could have controlled more or done better, but then also acknowledging life happens and stuff happens and just acknowledge like what parts you could not have controlled because it's not. Yeah. And before I even go further with this, it's totally okay to like need some time for climbing to be less intense. Like it is not a bad thing to be like, I am voluntarily taking a break from the wagon. The wagon will be there when I get back. (laughs) We are walking away from the wagon. No breaks, Lauren. Yeah, no (laughs) breaks, never. So I think like strategically planning when you're going to take like a little bit of a break from climbing or when climbing is not going to be the focus is totally fine. So like I said, figuring out why you quote fell off the wagon does not, it's, you know, that sounds really negative, but just like acknowledging that and also acknowledging the fact that it's okay to have some time off. Um, Yes. So uh, let's see. Okay. So next we want to figure out why you want back on the wagon in the first place. Cause Caitlin, I think like you just Mm. talked about this too, where you kind of like maybe forced a few things you weren't actually that excited about. Um, (laughs) So I think before you like try to like step back into anything, you need to have a really clear purpose like Caitlin let me ask you this have you ever tried to do a training cycle but been like I actually forgot what the point of this was like or just felt like you actually didn't have as much of a purpose like you know has that ever happened to you before where you're like wait why am I yes 
Well, yeah. Ooh, I mean, can you say something about that? How totally <laughs> like all of COVID basically, because we, the last two years, well, I guess like the first year of the pandemic, we, my husband and I, we were both finishing up grad school mm-hmm. and we just, you know, like our outlet was sort of removed. Like we couldn't really go outside, but like we lived near Waco, but we couldn't actually go there. And then we did have a board that we built or a climbing wall in our garage, but it's just, it wasn't quite the same. So I felt like while I was training, I was sort of like aimlessly training because I didn't know when I could get back outside. I didn't know when my next trip would be because I mean, we canceled a trip. We canceled like three or four trips that year that were supposed to be like big climbing trips. So I was like, okay, well, I don't have anything I'm working towards. Like, do I just maintain or, you know, what do I do? And even it's been the same way here now that we've moved to northern New Mexico. Like there's been sort of some things we're training for, but it's not like the same level of excitement about what those projects are. So it's like, I think I've lacked that vision for quite some time. (laughs) Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I definitely experienced that too when I like moved out to Utah and I was like, well, I want to climb better, but I don't really know what What I'm that excited. What do I, what am I even excited about like (laughs) nearby? Because I don't know like what anything is yet and I don't know what I enjoy. So yeah, that's such a, that's such a good point. So I think like my, my tip here is that like truly dig deep as to, why you are trying to get back on the wagon right now and like me you know if you're usually like an outcome oriented person especially if you're outdoor climbing is your focus and you're like for some for whatever reason outdoor climbing season is going to be like not you know whatever it may be it's okay to have more general forms of motivation like okay well I don't know what outdoor climbing is going to look like for me but I do know that if I put some time into becoming a stronger, more powerful climber, if I put some time into working on this weakness, that somewhere down the line, this time that I'm putting in now is going to be beneficial for me and is going to allow me to like climb more. So dig deep and also remember that you don't always have to be like prepping for the next big thing coming in the next three months, right? Like you can be doing general preparation where you're just like, I am motivated to get back on the wagon because I care about getting better at climbing. I care about moving my body because I know it's good for my physical and mental health, like all those things, but like find a real reason because just doing it because you feel like you're supposed to, while it's okay, I, I don't think you always have to be a hundred percent motivated all the time. And I don't necessarily think that's realistic. And sometimes I think just like starting to do the thing will kind of build on itself. Kind of like what you just mentioned, Caitlin, how you were like, I haven't been that psyched, but then we like went out to a climb that you were actually excited about. And now you're finding like, Oh, now I feel like, more motivated and more, you know, like there's more of a purpose. But I think that's a big thing is get serious about figuring out, like, if you can't tell me in one sentence why you want to like re-engage with training or re-engage with taking climbing a little bit more seriously in the next like short-term or long-term span of time, you know, you're getting back on the wagon. Like, I I think you might find that you fall off the wagon again pretty quickly because you need to have like some kind of reason that you can, for when you don't feel like doing the thing you can be like but this is why I'm doing it and that will press you to do it so yeah well that's a pretty big one (laughs) I guess I I have a question about that because I'm sure well I'll I'll give myself as an example I'm I certainly don't think I'm alone in this like I've I think I've I've lacked some motivation for a while and 
it's been a struggle to kind of find that again, but I'm, I've started to call it my like climbing year. Well, when it started climbing year four slump, like I've been, Mm. I'm at like six or seven years now of climbing, but it's like, I kind of hit this point where I was just like, okay, I, I got really busy. Life happened. I had some injuries, had some other stuff going on and climbing became this thing that was like no longer as enjoyable all the time. Mm. And I think I felt pressured for it to feel enjoyable. So when you, when you talk about like motivation and such, do you ever think it's okay to take even a step back from climbing? Like what, what does that, what would that mean for like training? What would you suggest in that time frame? Like, do you just climb for fun or, you know, is that something you've, you've seen before with people or am I no, like, No, I think that's <laughs> actually, this is like such a good point to bring up. Okay. So for example, yeah, maybe, maybe this will resonate. So I think it kind of depends on what your relationship with climbing is, right? I feel like we talk about it like it's like, you know, like a religion or something. In yeah, some ways, well, it is way, for most. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's something that you sort of like base a lot of life choices around. So, you yeah. know, whatever. But I think this this is a very good point. So basically, if you know you're going to be in a period of like having limited time or maybe like limited motivation for climbing, I think that's totally fine. Or if you like know you need a little bit of a break, like I think it's okay to plan these things. So for example, at the end of a climbing season where maybe you're like getting outside a lot and like a lot of your free time is being taken up by climbing or whatever it may be, or if you're like having a child or something, or if you're (laughs) moving to a new place, like if some, if you know, things that don't normally take up a lot of your time are about to take up a lot of your time. I think it's okay to plan that like climbing will naturally take a backseat. But if I was going to, if I was going to give you any tips for helping future you out when you do feel that spark of motivation come back this is what i would say try to go climbing once a week and if all you can do when you go climb is just climb stuff you think is fun and it doesn't you're like i'm gonna go climb fun stuff that i like for an hour i'm not getting on anything that i think is annoying like i all i have the energy mentally for is climbing some stuff for an hour that i like Mm. i think that's good. And I also think maybe part of whatever, for whatever reason that you got burnt out perhaps is maybe that you kind of forgot how to have fun with climbing. And this is not you specifically, Caitlin. This is no, like it is. In general. It, okay. <laughs> yes, this is me. <laughs> so maybe taking that one hour or so a week to reconnect with what you think is fun in climbing and what I, my friend Natalie that I was down in El Salto, Mexico, shout out Natalie. She's awesome. But she said on her trip that she, you know, she'd been a little burnt out on climbing. And so her whole goal for the trip was just reconnecting with what the feeling of fun was in her body. And I thought that was so beautiful. So I think if you're finding yourself in that place, it's okay to like take a step back and be like, how can I reconnect with what I really enjoy and love about this sport and do that? Have yourself a little bit of like, you know, maybe you and climbing are like in the middle of like a, not a breakup, but just you and climbing are having a fight and you need to like, yes, right. So take some time to, you know, date climbing again, if you will, and figure out (laughs) like what you enjoy about it and what you like. And then that's my, that's one tip. My other tip is, you know, especially if you're like, the reason that you're taking a step back is because you're just really limited on time. Like, it's not that you don't like climbing or whatever. It's just that you're like, life's real busy and I don't whatever. Mm-hmm. So I would say my other tip would be like, find a way to get like a little bit of strength training and maybe some hangboarding in once a week. It doesn't have to be super long, but if you can just do like, find something you can do in like 30, 45 minutes just to keep your strength up 
so that when you do because this little bit of like basically what I'm asking of you is like one to two hours a week spend a little bit of time just putting something into the climbing bank of things so that when you do fully come back to it you won't be starting all the way from square one or like yeah. from really far away because nothing's gonna be more demotivating than coming back to climbing after you've taken a big break after you've already been sort of unmotivated about it to find out that you're a lot <laughs> like weaker and you can't climb as much yeah. and all this stuff and then it's gonna be even more discouraging so Trust me, I say this as someone that <laughs> sent a project, got really overwhelmed with moving. This is when I was moving out, to, getting ready to move out to Utah. Barely rock climbed, didn't feel like rock climbing at all. And I like pretty much took like six weeks off. And I was like, if I would have just done a little bit of work, 30 minutes a week, I would not have to do so much to get back yeah, to where I was. Um, and also, again. right. And also the thing was too, that I was so overwhelmed with moving and just starting a business and all this stuff that I like probably needed some time to move my body for my mental health anyway and then I like cut that out and then that just yeah. made me more stressed out and then it was just like even worse fun so I spiral. think fun sp super fun spiral great time so I think like keeping <laughs> that in mind too that like physical movement is really good for yeah. you know stress levels and all those things so I think if you can find a way to reconnect with the fun of climbing and then get a little bit of strength training done that's going to be really beneficial for you like for future you and it might feel like a little bit of a grind so I am asking you to like push yourself on that front but if you feel like one to two hours a week of doing something to help your climbing you know help future you get back to climbing when you have more time for it that's going to be pretty beneficial so yeah that's a great question Caitlin and I think you've, you know, starting a business is like, we're both like, what, two years into our businesses. I think like, yep. from from what I've heard from other people that have started climbing related business, everyone was like, oh yeah, year one of business, my climbing really sucked and it mm -hmm. suffered a lot. And then it got better as business got more established. Yeah. So I think that's part I of feel it because like, I felt the same way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like what's hard about something like starting a new business or starting a new job or like some big life things are happening like you don't necessarily feel like a winner every day and then when you go and climb and you get shut down and you kind of get you're slapped. super tired and stressed yeah, you're out you're just like tired you're maybe not eating well you don't you're not <laughs> sleeping that great your stress is absolutely through the roof and I feel like it's it's really easy then to bring that into climbing but it's also really hard to like take that back out of climbing and make it this separate thing. For me, they're really like climbing so intertwined with my life because I work with climbers. So, right. you know, you're talking about it all day and then you go to the gym, you're like, why am I here? Uh, it's, I think it's harder to just, yeah, make it more of a, a personal thing, but we're getting there. We're getting through yeah. it. No, totally. <laughs> oh, you, the day after I didn't send my project and I was like, Cool, I'm so excited to talk about fucking rock climbing today. <laughs> Not so mad insane. at this sport at all right now. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Oh god, no, it was okay. I get I it. Well, back. Lauren, another thing I feel like for me that's kind of derailed me in the past with getting motivated again, like I could still train during an injury, mm -hmm. but then to get back into climbing, I'm like, wait, I have to actually wait. Are you yeah. sure? Like, this is the thing that injured me. It's like oh. a mechanism. My brain is like, no, 
sorry yeah. we don't do this yes. anymore <laughs> can right. we talk about no. that yeah absolutely okay so injuries obviously this is gonna vary greatly on you know what's what's happening like if it's a minor injury minor finger injury you've been able to like generally climb through but you've had to scale back it's gonna be a little different versus like I broke my ankle or I got ACL <laughs> surgery so take Ooh. take you know take what I'm about to say with your injury scale in mind but that's another big thing too is coming back after injuries is going to be a process but I have seen so many climbers that yes it does take time and yes it's frustrating but come back from an injury and be able to pick up and continue progressing and do amazing stuff how much time that takes is really going to depend and I think you know but you have to remember that like it is possible to come back and be stronger and continue progressing and yeah it's super frustrating so I think like everyone needs to process Mm -hmm. that at their own time but I will I will shout out our episode with Drake and Kimmy from peak yeah. pursuit performance rehab oh my gosh what episode was episode that eight I, I think i think it was episode eight i don't know it's either like eight look look at eight yeah. nine ten cool eleven your jets posture cool your please jets posture please go listen to that episode if you really want to like dig into injuries but one thing i will say about coming back from an injury is that basically especially for all you like got a minor injury took a little bit of time off now i'm coming back rapid changes in volume and intensity are what is what our body does not like and what can cause us to get injured again our body wants like gradual oh okay josh just confirmed in the chat it is episode eight episode eight thanks josh everyone thanks josh so rapid rapid changes in volume and intensity our body likes gradual right that's why we gradually add weight that's why we gradually make our sessions harder we don't go from zero to a hundred. So it's really easy after an injury to go, you know, oh, well, before my injury, I was doing this. So I'm just going to try to do that and then like, see what happens. No, do not do that. So you really want to be, you really want to have like this gradual ramp up. And even, I know like even just taking one week completely off climbing might not sound like a lot, but even if you did that, come back aware that even one week off can definitely cause you to get injured if you jump right back into doing exactly what you're doing before maybe not severely injured but you could develop like some kind of annoying tweak just because you know we want slow and steady and progressive so if we're doing a lot of rapid changes that's where the problems lie and actually this happened to me and I didn't really realize like why it had happened until um, I learned more about how injuries work and then started coaching myself but there was one time I obviously also anecdotal but this is a podcast so like I said go listen to Drake and Kimmy talk about this they're <laughs> highly qualified but yeah basically what happened was I was in the middle of a training block I went on a ski trip for a week so I had, didn't climb for a week because I was skiing or whatever and then I came back and just tried to do like you know what I had doing before had done before just like jumped right back in and I got flaming elbow tendonitis like I was completely symptom free before the ski trip didn't have any issues while skiing da 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 came back was doing the exact same thing I was doing before just a week before and I got such bad elbow tendonitis from getting right back into it obviously I don't remember the specifics of my diet or my sleep or blah 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 so there's probably a lot of other things going on but I do think genuinely like looking back that that rapid like hard training ski trip not doing any climbing training back to hard training was I should have ramped back up ramped back up more slowly Hmm. because yeah then it took me like eight weeks to sort of resolve that in both of my elbows and it like really hurt like I've never gotten elbow tendonitis so bad and I genuinely think if I would have just like ramped back up more slowly Hmm. that would not have happened so yeah I'm always like cautious with my athletes like especially if we've had to you know 
take a couple of weeks off for whatever reason. Like sometimes I'll do like a ramp back up week or like ramp back up two weeks where we just try to get to like the climbing volume we were at before. So watch out for that because if you're kind of like yo-yo training where you like go too hard, get injured, take a few weeks off, come back, go too hard, get injured. Mm. Like that's such a frustrating process. Like just be more slow and steady about it. And that stuff is not as liable to happen. So yes. And like we said, go listen to episode eight where we dive way deeper into this. Yeah. Caitlin, how are you feeling? I feel like we might need a little, might be time to go for a little break. Yeah, let's, let's break. Caitlin, did you ever cram for exams in college? Oh my God. Did I ever? Did you, Lauren? (laughs) (laughs) I did. And you know how people always say like, that's a bad thing, but I mean, I graduated, right? (laughs) I mean, if it works, it works. If you do it right, you can learn a lot of info in a short amount of time. Perks. (laughs) Wow. Lots of information in a short amount of time. You know what that reminds me of? What? Our intensive coming up this fall. Wow. Hell yeah. This will be honestly the best kind of cramming. So let's talk about it. Sweet. Okay. I'm very excited. So this October 1st and 2nd, Caitlin and I are teaming up to bring you the Average Climber Intensive, a two-day seminar to level up your DIY training and nutrition efforts. In this intensive, you're going to learn how to write your own training plans and make informed decisions around your nutrition. So if you're ready to holistically improve your health and your climbing, you're going to get a ton out of this. Totally. And the average climber intensive is for climbers of all skill levels who want to feel energized and well recovered when they hit the gym or crag, gain the knowledge needed to write their own training programs, feel more empowered and less confused about how to improve their nutrition, and finally stop the never ending cycle of training hard then getting injured. Seriously, y'all, if you're ready to transform the way that you view your progression in climbing, you better join in on this intensive. So head on over to the link in our show notes to get registered right now. Spots are extremely limited. And you lucky listeners, make sure to use the code AboveAverage at checkout by September 6th to get $100 off enrollment. And after September 6th, early bird pricing will be gone. So as a reminder, spots are extremely limited. And this event is certainly going to sell out. So grab your ticket now by heading over to the show notes before it's too late. every time I go back home to Ohio what Lauren that it is so freaking humid and I don't know if I'm making it up but I have the hardest time staying hydrated when it's this sticky out (laughs) I bet to the Midwest is so sticky it really is yeah it's pretty gross but you know what i found kind of helps me drink more water and stay hydrated while i am back home in the grand midwest Ooh, what gnarly's hydrate powder because i feel like whenever i put hydrate powder in my water that i drink more water because it's tasty and then i'm more hydrated because of that i do the exact same thing and yeah it's it's actually really great for hydration because the electrolytes in it 
help move water and nutrients throughout our body, and then it helps maintain fluid balance within our cells. So pretty cool. And I actually recommend this to all my sweaty climbers too. It's great. Awesome. I love that. Well, that makes a lot of sense as to why (laughs) hydrate powder helps me stay hydrated when I am back in the sticky Midwest. And also having a crappy training session because I'm dehydrated is just, I just really do not have time for that. No. So no, we do not have time for that. And listener, if you don't have time for that either, then check out Gnarly Nutrition's Hydrate Powder. You can check out all the awesome flavors at gonarly.com. And psst, the raspberry is my favorite. That Grapefruit's flavor... mine. Oh, nice. Yes, those flavors are great. You will drink more water and you will be hydrated because of the electrolytes. So gonarly.com. Check it out right now. And we're back. Here and we, we are. are back. Here we are. <laughs> what a what a what a crazy coincidence that we're back here again. <laughs> <laughs> we never left. Uh, but anyhow, speaking of getting back into it, Lauren. Yeah. You got any tips for uh, getting back into it? The wagon. Yes. Okay. So obviously, like I said before, you know, for whatever reason that you departed from the wagon, um, what getting back in just took a took a wagon break, took a took a pee break off the wagon. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You actually got off the wagon and didn't just pee off the wagon because that takes substantial talent and skill, and also sounds very bumpy when I think about it. Um, All you crazy boys out there um anyways so so how'd we get there i don't know i've had a lot of coffee and now i just am saying stuff about pee um okay in any case so tips for getting back into it um all of this to say where you're starting off is going to vary wildly depend on how long of a break you might have taken, what was happening during that break in terms of physical activity. You know, there's a lot of factors that are going to go into like what your new starting point is as you re reapproach the wagon, if you will. But I think your first goal, if you've taken a lot of time off or you've done a little bit less climbing in the past time, um, I want you to look back. So your first thing to do is look back at generally how much climbing you were doing when you were quote on the wagon like what that looked like how much climbing were you doing in terms of number of days a week and how intense that climbing was so were you you know just think about that like what did that look like where were you at try to get a grasp of it from whatever you can remember and if you have any notes from perhaps a previous training cycle like look at that stuff um And your first goal when you're getting back into it is going to be building capacity to climb more than you were. Um, So kind of like I said before the break, a recipe for disaster is thinking about how much you were able to climb before and then just trying to do that right out of the gates. Um, One, that could lead to injury. And two, it could just lead to a lot of frustration um, because you're going to find pretty quickly that you likely cannot do exactly what you were able to do before, depending, like I said, depending on how long of a break you took, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or so, if you're like a weird off the couch V9 crusher, like don't, I don't get that, but uh, I have many friends like that, that I'm like, what? Wait, I have such a fun story about people off the couch doing rad things. Okay. <laughs> um, 
so I have a very good friend, um, and I won't I won't use their name for you know privacy purposes because I haven't asked them if I can tell the story. But basically, they had been working on wind and rattlesnakes in Wyoming, which is a 12A in wild iris for a couple of years, and essentially they would come to Wyoming, uh, do have like a week to try to send it. Maybe they would climb on the mat and then some other stuff. And, you know, they'd try to send. And their first year, they were able to kind of like one hang it very close to the top. Like they'd fall a few moves away from being uh, basically done. And then whatever. Yeah. Oh, sounds familiar. Huh? Weird. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> huh, weird. Um, so they would do that. Uh, came back their second year on it, you know, for like a week trip. Basically, same thing happened. They got really close on their first day and then it just kept happening. Blah, blah, blah. So... This year, um, this individual was came in with basically no expectations because in the three months leading up to their trip, um, they're in physical therapy school, so they had to. Uh, they were basically stationed in. I think I'm I'm a bad friend, but I'm pretty sure it was Missouri where they had no climbing gym, very limited gym access. They essentially did not get to train or rock climb at all leading up to the trip, like at all hmm. no climbing maybe a couple of random trips outside but i would say there's probably no more than like three climbing days in total in that month but they came back um and they ended up sending on this trip in their second day on no less which i know maybe you're like oh second day on whatever but like if you haven't been climbing for a while and then you have the capacity to actually try something near Damn, your limit yeah. two days in a row like pretty nuts um so i think this is such a good example of like how training is such a great investment for your future because throughout the year between you know your their ability to like climb yeah they didn't get to do it in the three months leading up but they were training they were getting outside they were putting in a ton of great effort you know in the year between their two trips to wild iris so even though they didn't get to train in the months leading up or really climb at all they had built up so much strength and power over the course of the time that they did have for training before their you yeah, know rotation started awesome. that they were able to send like literally off the couch a route that they had not been able to do in the previous two years, which is fucking so sick. Oh my god, it was such I a love big day. Couch they stories. came in. Yeah, no, it was tight. So that's kind of the thing, like yeah, coming off the couch, it might not always work out that gloriously, but also if you put in work and you're training over time, like that really is going to add up for your future. So it is worth the investment. And that's, that's really why I say like, if you can just do a little bit when you're not feeling psyched, like that's going to make a big difference. Um, but anyways, yeah, I guess. So that's a really cool, uh, getting back on the wagon story. That's a great (laughs) splendid re-entrance to the wagon, but yeah, that's, it's just a great example of how, like, if you put in work over time, eventually that's going to pay off, um, in ways that you might not expect. So maybe just think about that if you're feeling unmotivated, but in any case, um, yeah. And they did the first few days of the trip, you know, they didn't just go like, let's go balls to the wall immediately. The first few days of the trip, they got on, you know, like, easier stuff more like 510 511 type things to get used to the style and just get back into like the climbing mode before they you know pulled on to the project that they sent which was sweet um yeah oh gosh that's where it gets me so psyched it's so freaking yeah but yeah Yeah. like oh so sweet so well especially like a project no less like to come off the couch and then crush a project I mean I feel like the people I know who just are off the couch crushers even if it's like you know, not their highest grade, but they still come off the couch and they're, they're able to still really pull hard and, and they've trained for a while, but now they can't. 
I think that that always makes me feel like, okay, you know, I'm obviously I'm not them. It's fine if I'm not doing the same thing because my off the couch sending, I would be happy even with just feeling comfortable pulling. That's my level of, you know, wow, great job, success story. (laughs) But I do do think it's inspiring when I see people who are like, oh, man, I've taken so much time off. Work's been really tough. It's been challenging. And then they come back and they get to see that they haven't lost all that much. And then you're also part of it. You get to see it. And it's it's really cool and and fun to see them still having fun, still getting out and, and crushing stuff. So, yeah. And basically all this to say is like the longer that you've spent training and the longer you've spent like investing into your strength and power and your climbing skills and all these things, the more likely it is that you can, you know, kind of come off the couch and still climb really well, which is a really cool thing to happen. And also maybe if you're looking for like a, why am I training? Why do I want to do this? Because, you know, someday in the future, you're going to get really busy. And if you have the time right now, that's an investment for your future later so that you can be off the couch and kind of do some rad stuff. So so obviously, this is not me saying, yep, just train a little bit, then expect that every time you take a lot of time off that you're going to come back feeling awesome, because that's not what I'm saying at all. But it really it can happen if you put like, you know, the proper time into it. And also, I think it's important to note um, just more on the like technical side of things. Wind and rattlesnakes is a very like powerful short route it does not require a ton of endurance you know it's basically like you're gonna try pretty hard for three minutes straight and then you're done I think you know if they had come back to try an 120 foot pumpy climb in the Red River Mm. Gorge this would have been a different story because that's gonna take a little bit more um, endurance but I think it was a route where you could come with a lot of strength and power and sort of kind of get over any endurance humps that you might have from time off just wanted to put a little footnote there but yeah I think So kind of to get back to the tips portion of this, essentially look at what you were doing before and then your new goal is just to work up to being able to climb that much. And I would say like start out, it's really hard to say, uh, I'll just give this example. So, um, and you try to extrapolate this to yourselves. I wish I could give every example um, ever, but if you're, you can't, I I can't say four sentences that apply to everyone perfectly. To every Um, snowflake? Strange. Yeah, strange. (laughs) Yeah. So, but here's an example that I think might be helpful because this is, you know, a typical thing that I deal with. So let's say you used to climb three to four days a week for like 90 minutes to two hours in each session. So you were climbing like six to eight hours a week. If I were ramping you back up, depending on like how little you'd been climbing. So let's say you took like a full month off and you not climbed at all in like a month or something. I would say start back with climbing like two days a week for 60 to 90 minutes at a time um, and work up from there. And I'm not even going to go into intensities here just because I think like that's going to get too specific and our eyes are going to cross and all of that. But, you know, like just start with like maybe half to two thirds of what you were doing before. Um, It really depends on how much time you've taken off. Like whatever you're going to do, though, start with something where you're like, that seems way too easy. Um, And then go in and like vibe check what you think that is like. Start with like, oh, I think that'll be fine. Uh, and then, you know, like something that seems so easy that it couldn't be hard and then go in and, you know, see how that actually feels. And then you can kind of adjust up from there. So, yeah, I think that's kind of my yeah. example there. So if you're climbing like, so if, if we were going with this person that's like six to eight hours a week, three to four days a week, in uh, days wise, yeah, start with climbing two days a week for 60 to 90 minutes and then work up from there. Like maybe do that for like two or three weeks. And if you're feeling good, like bump it up to an additional day. So 
it really depends on the person. So I have a hard time like generalizing this much, but yeah, gradual ramp up is the key. And maybe going, if you're, especially if you're a super gung-ho person, maybe going a little bit slower than you would have thought. Um, yeah. yeah. Caitlin, have you ever like taken time off and then come back and thought like, oh, I'll just do what I normally do. And then been like, uh, well, <laughs> well, I think I, I naturally am, uh, hesitant or apprehensive when I take time off and come back. I'm not like, yeah, time to pull and crush hard again. My mindset is already that, okay, you've, you've taken some time off. Like today might may or may not suck. That's, that's yeah. typically what I'm, what I observe. Like I haven't come back and thrown myself at something that I don't feel ready for, but I know that I'm probably not the the majority in that thought. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's so like, it's so dependent on, yeah. on the person. Um, but at the same time, don't let the fact that you're coming back, like, you know, if you're like a lot of weeks in and you're not noticing pain and you're like gradually getting better and you're able to like handle more, like keep, keep pushing yourself a little bit like you're not gonna die if you push it a little too hard one day right like but just be cognizant of it um but don't let like the fact that you're coming back like hamper how much you're gonna do and let it become like a whole like a whole thing where you're eight weeks in and you're like oh I'm still ramping back up and I'm like like, and it's like no you need to (laughs) like it's time to like crank it up a little bit like if you feel like you can try and see what happens when I came back from having COVID I mean that was like almost a month of recovery for me. It just whooped me. It and sucks. Yeah. It was horrible. And so when I came back into it, I was such an Eeyore about training that <laughs> I was just like, well, today's going to be bad. Why bother? Like it was so, yeah, I just, I was really negative about it, but I think what helped me is I just, I got on things that looked really fun. And I also went to a different gym than I normally would. So I got a little bit out of my element. I just Mm -hmm. like was able to check some new things out and do some things that maybe were more inspiring than my like local, more local gym to me. So it's, I think those things are helping and it's, it's like, it's a slow process. (laughs) Yeah. A process indeed. Um, I think the last thing I want to say about all these wagons is that kind of like I've said before, it's really okay to not be on the wagon all the time. Um, for myself, I usually make December more of a chill month. It kind of depends. Um, and I've been messing around with that a little bit since my, you know, climbing in January has been different as of late, but yeah, it used to be that I was just like, yep, yeah, December's the chill month. I'm only climbing for fun. I'll climb as much or as little, like, you know, I'll try to climb like once a week, maybe, but I just like set up time. I was like, I know I'm going to be traveling for the holidays. Like I know there's going to be a bunch of stuff and I really want to prioritize spending time with family and friends over rock climbing that month or whatever it may be. That's just one example. But like, there's times of the year where you're like, yeah, I need to take a step back at this time of the year. Or I know I'm going to be like needing some time because I'll have just got done with outdoor climbing season. And I know I'll have gone hard and I need to like take a little bit of time to do something else. Like, I think that's totally okay. And it's good. And you're going to have more motivation if you take some breaks every now and again, like it's better to like strategically take time off than to go until you're so burnt out. You like want to cry. Like, you know, so I think it's yeah. don't think of taking time off as like lame or bad. Think of it as really healthy and smart for your ability to have longevity in this sport. Like it's yeah. a smart thing to do. So I really like that. I'm I think I'm gonna implement that this December because I, I find that it I naturally end up taking time off from climbing just 
by nature of how busy it gets, but I feel guilty about it. Like I actually feel frustrated where it's like, ah, January is going to suck. But in actuality, it doesn't have to be that that black and white. I think I could actually no, it like, can be scale it back them. to a little bit of strategic maintenance, like whatever mm. that looks like for you. You know, if it's like I can do an hour a week of some stuff that'll help me not totally have to start from square one when I get back to it and then just be like yeah this is time that it's fine that it's like a little more chill I think it's super important um and I think yeah the go hard all the time mentality is amazing but I think some at some point the wheels are going to come off whether with your motivation (laughs) or with your body being like hi excuse me we could use like a, a little break like I think just a lot of recovery can happen when you take a little bit of time to like not be as active yeah. so maintain your schooner more yes of the keep story. the scooter you got to take some time to retar you know <laughs> <laughs> oh man well, retar cock it up you know like <laughs> oh my god well the last thing i want to say here is that because we had so much to say about the bandwagon effect for training The same thing is true for nutrition. And the last thing I will leave y'all with is if you fall off the nutrition bandwagon again and again, is it really the right wagon for you? Is it the right wagon? Or are you on the wrong schooner? Does your schooner (laughs) have holes? (laughs) We're getting real philosophical on part two of the bandwagon episode so i'm really excited to talk about that but before we get into that and the i guess that'll be in a few weeks uh once this is released but lauren what else we got going on okay yes so on the date this is being released which will be september 15th um this, tomorrow, uh, September 16th, is the final day to register for the Average Climber Intensive. Um, at the time this is being recorded, we only have two spots left. We are keeping the group super duper small. Um, so if you want in on the intensive, time is, the clock's ticking. Um, and make sure to get in on it before, you know, the time for registra- registration is over. Um, and if you are listening to this and you are involved in the intensive, we will have your your pre-work and your assessments and all the fun things you need to get done before the intensive up um, for you by the 17th, I believe is our plan at this point. So we will have all your resources (laughs) up by the 17th. It will be ready to go before I need to go out of office for my wedding. (laughs) So that's the update there. But yeah, make sure if you are interested in the average climber intensive and you've been on the fence, the time is now to choose the side of the fence you will be on. Um, and I don't know for, I don't think we'll be offering this again before the end of the year. Like, I think this is the last one for quite a few months. So if you're mm-hmm. like, I'll do it later. Like we don't know. Exactly we don't know when, when later is. So get we don't know when now. later is. So do it now. Right. And if you have the time and you're psyched. Right. The, this is for, you know, this coming climbing season, but also these are skills and tools that you can utilize for many, many years to come. And, This is something that'll be a large investment for your future, as Lauren says, in training. So it's very, very productive and also super fun, too. We get to hang out with you for, you know, a couple hours each day, two days. So it's more than a couple hours if you have a lot of questions. So, yeah, it's going to be great. And I'm definitely designing all like at least on my end, I'm designing all the pre-work so that you can like use it to reevaluate yourself, evaluate yourself like again and again. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of like, you know. This is designed to be like longevity information, not like, okay, this will help me for the next two months, but then I won't have any knowledge that I can use later. No, no. This is like, this is for 
to help you throughout your whole whole career. So I'm super excited about it. Um, yeah, and you can find the information to get registered in our show notes. Um, Caitlin, I think that is, I think that's all I got. Yeah, that's all we got. All right. Well, we'll we'll catch catch all. Oh, okay. One note: we are taking um, which day, which week are we taking off? I forget already. It's we are taking off the week of Lauren's wedding, the nineteenth. So it'll be the normally scheduled episode for September twenty second. We'll be taking a break week because of Lauren's wedding. So yay! We are all. Josh will be there. Caitlin will be there, and we are all like, we need a little break because I have a lot of crafts to do, and also I'm melting. <laughs> so we're taking a break. Um, but we'll be back to our regularly scheduled yeah. Snack breakery <laughs> on the 29th. So, <laughs> average climber podcast parties above average. Quote oh, Josh. Yes. Thank you. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. We'll make sure to get, I'll make sure the photographer gets a little average climber uh, pick, pick, pickety pick, pick. So it'll be tight. Um, sick. All right. Well, that's it. I got to go organize some vases. So, uh, <laughs> until next time, keep it, keep it average. average. <laughs> oh, we did that together. So good. Uh, so yep. good. So good. <laughs> Caitlin here. We hope you enjoyed this episode about getting back on the training bandwagon. Make sure you listen to part two that'll dig into the nutrition bandwagon and why it's not quite the same thing as training. I'll now close us out with some exciting announcements and our production credits. Interested in learning strategies for being your best self-coach? Then you're going to love the Average Climber Intensive. This October 1st through 2nd, Lauren and I will be coaching a small group of you so you can learn how to write your own training program and tweak your own nutrition. If you're stuck in a rut and ready to level up your knowledge and your skills, the Average Climber Intensive is exactly what you need. You can sign up now at the link in the show notes. Don't wait. We only have two spots left and we're closing the gates on September 16th. Want to learn what you could be doing better with your training for climbing and have some fun while you learn? There's a quiz for that. If you want to find out your climbing theme song and learn how to improve your approach to training, you can take the quiz right now by heading over to the link in our show notes. And if you're ready for a climbing season of more awareness in your nutrition needs, I'm opening up several one-on-one virtual coaching spots. You can get in touch with me via my DMs on Instagram or schedule a free 15-minute call to learn more about the virtual nutrition coaching and what it can do for you. Tap the link in the show notes to book your call. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Caitlin, and my co-host, Lauren. You can find us on Instagram at The Average Climber Podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find me on Instagram at Dirtbag Nutritionist and Lauren over on her Instagram at Good Spray Coaching. This show is produced by Josh Hapley with our favorite furry production assistant, Stubby the Corgi. The music for this episode was created by Devin Dabney and the American Climbing Project. Make sure to check out his podcast. If you haven't already, you'll laugh, you'll learn, and you will introspect. The Average Climber Podcast is a part of the Plugtone Audio Collective. Head on over to PlugtoneAudio.com or at PlugtoneAudio on Instagram to learn more about the other great shows on this network. Until next time, keep it average.